and welcome to That Talk Life Podcast, your weekly dose of some Disney chat. Of course, you got me, Greg, joined as always by... Beth, I like that tagline, your weekly dose of Disney. Mm, oh, look just, at that, just made it up. Is there another podcast it. that uses that? Because I feel like... Probably. <laughs> I feel like they probably do. If not, then we're going to steal that, your weekly dose of Disney. Yeah, I mean, other than last week, we're, we're weekly. We really don't take off that often, so thanks for your patience, yeah. everyone. Well, we took a little spring break. We did. A little recharge moment. It was a great spring nice. break. I got a year older. I ate a lot of food. Things happened. Whatever. Yeah, I got it. No I'm big getting deal. new neighbors. Uh, we talked a lot about it on the Pat Chat, but I had some neighbor, neighbor saga stuff going on, and it has now resolved itself, and we're very happy yes. about it. It was a great birthday it's present for me. It's a big week. Big week. Um, we have an awesome topic today, I think. Mm-hmm. We'll be talking about Guinness World Records set at Disney parks. Yeah. Most of them from Disney World, but I, I think I have at least one that's Disneyland related that I thought was pretty cool. And uh, there's some things in the in the news that I think are worth talking about too. So we'll we'll switch it up a little bit this week and do some news and history up front. Yeah. And uh, some things on on my mind this this week. Maybe we can have a little mm. honest chat about some uh, some Disney World things that are going on. Are you soapboxing or you're just gonna honest chat about it? What's your? Well, I feel like honest chat and soapbox, mm, standing on the soapbox, are probably synonymous. So. <laughs> A reminder, this week, this Thursday, we have our Disney Trivia Night number four with our topic of Animal Kingdom, and uh, there are some great prizes. I'll be posting some photos of the prizes uh, this week so you can see what they are. And new this week, and Beth, I didn't get to tell you this, oh. so um, you know me. I'm always working on trying to make uh, the, those trivia nights a little more exciting. So. Yeah. Uh, we're going to introduce a prize wheel. So if you wind up winning the round of trivia, we will give you the opportunity to spin the prize wheel where you could possibly upgrade your prize. Oh. Or, unfortunately, there will be like a Wheel of Fortune bankrupt style thing where you win nothing. So it's totally – and I'm going to – by the way, I'm going to put hard on that. If you win nothing, you re- literally will win yeah, nothing. Yeah, that is so I'm sad. I'm not going to be nice about it. So, but you will also wow. have the opportunity to just keep your original prize or win more stuff. I think that'll be, I think that'll heighten the yeah. uh, drama of the trivia night. Also, we do, um, I mean, we've always done like kind of Disney show and tell. So if you have some fun Disney things that you want to show us that you own, uh, we're also, we like to do that at the end too. Yeah. Um, we're always uh, looking to chat about some Disney stuff with y'all and it's an opportunity for you to, to hang out with us and, uh, and also play some trivia. Even if you're good or bad, it doesn't make a difference. Just hang out and play some yeah. trivia. We'll do an Animal Kingdom stuff. You don't have to be an Animal Kingdom expert. I will say there are questions in there that hit all ranges of knowledge of Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And listen, I, think it'd be okay. I feel like we have a handful of people where they're like, moms like really want to play, but they don't want to be seen. I'm like, moms, it's time to get on. It's time to <laughs> show your face. It's time to play trivia. You're probably going to win a prize. I mean, no one cares. Yeah. You don't know any of these people. You don't even have to see I mean, you don't have to turn your camera on. We might berate you if you don't turn your camera on. But like, just come on. Yeah, you don't have to turn your camera on, but I will sit there and harass you. That's until right. You do. <laughs> no. We are accepting of everyone, okay? That's it is what, true. That's how we yeah, roll. We're, we're laid back, non-judgmental. That's right. So uh, speaking of laid back and non-judgmental, yeah. <laughs> these are generally, that's generally my approach to updates with policies within the parks. And there were two. We had two updates in the past two weeks or so because we, we weren't able to meet and chat about some stuff last week when all of these things happened. So you may have heard one of the two hot topics currently at the parks are a relaxed, I'm going to, it's like an air quote, relaxed. Relaxed. Uh, policy on masks Mm -hmm. specifically in regard to outdoor photographs Mm -hmm. so when you're stationary socially distant and outdoors you can take your mask off and grab a photo and as a guest as a park goer we were excited about that so nicole and i wound up going to two different parks last week we did hollywood studios and magic kingdom and we got to see firsthand what it's like to go in the park see guests take their mask off and take mm-hmm. a photo. Because by the way, people were doing that anyway. But that's yeah. that's probably a different right. story. Right. But now it's allowed. So, you know, a lot of the chatter around that were like, you know, was about what's it going to be like? Is everyone going to be taking their mask off as an excuse? Kind of like people are doing now, taking advantage of mm. eating and drinking. Yeah. You're supposed to be stationary. You're supposed to be distant when you're doing it. Not everyone does that. People have their bucket of popcorn and they're eating while they're walking. Yeah. And nine out of 10, a cast member comes over and says, can you please put your mask up? Yeah. Or pull over to the side and then you can obviously you're more than welcome to eat so we went out there kind of just seeing what it would be like to be out in the park specifically in front of you know cinderella castle right where everyone wants their photo their family photo right and i have to tell you um it's not a big deal it just like i don't think that my park going experience was negatively impacted at all i like i yeah i i don't feel like we were exposed to anything it's you know the responsibility lies on both parties the people that are taking the photo and then you the person who wants to take the photo 
wait a second, the, the front of the castle area will clear out. It's really not that busy. It's 35%. Yeah. You can get so many in front of the castle photos throughout the day. Um, so just, just hang out for a sec. Wait until there's no one there, no more than six feet of you. Take your mask off and take a photo. It's awesome. Can I tell you, it was, I don't know if this is weird or not, and I hope that someone out there feels the same way. It was kind of emotional for us mm. to get a smiling face photo yeah. in Magic Kingdom because you know we've been hiding behind masks and it's basically summertime here, so I have my hat, my sunglasses, and my mask on. I'm like nobody, right? Like I right. could be anybody because I don't. There's like no piece of my face showing, and it was so nice to see people smiling and taking family photos, and like you could see the smiles on their faces. And yeah. I guess maybe I had taken that for granted in life until they brought it back to me. And then sure enough, yeah. there were Nicole and I looking around like, oh my god, people are like enjoying themselves and smiling, and it was pretty cool. Yeah, I feel like it's. Um, I feel like it'll be one of those things where people look back at their pictures with the masks on and be like, oh yeah. my gosh, remember that? Yeah, I remember back in 2020 when 2020. all that stuff happened yeah. and we had to have our mask on. And so, but I know a lot of people, it's like, well, we're going and we want to have pictures, but we don't want to have masks on. Like we want, you know, we want you to be able to see our lovely faces. So yes, I'm glad I that totally that's like happening that. and it'll be interesting to see where all that goes. Cause I feel like I'm just hearing conflicting things about, numbers and cases and stuff i have a friend that lives in tunisia and she was like yeah things are starting to shut back down because oh their goodness. cases are so high so it's just interesting to hear um i don't know how vaccinations are going over there or what they're doing but we shall see yeah i don't i don't know much about the vaccination rate in florida i'm i'm mid-dose nicole and i got mm -hmm. our first dose we're waiting for our second dose in about two weeks or so and then we'll be fully vaxxed vaxxed up vaxxed right ready to party you know us two partiers partying means going to cosmic rays and hanging out with sunny eclipse that's and his music. right that's our club right that's very true we're club getting cosmic your burger rays. getting your burger yes um the other thing that came out was an update to the cast member dress code aka like the disney look the disney oh, yeah look i did book see something about that tell me a little bit about that yes so we probably know as guests that there is a strict dress code for Disney cast members. And of course, I know that on the other end, because we have been cast members mm -hmm. and um, I don't have any tattoos. I don't have any piercings and I'm not looking to wear nail polish. Those the right. three main things happen to not apply to me. However, even something so simple as Nicole wanting to wear like a bright color nail polish, she couldn't do. Right. And like, if you kind of think about it, it's 2021. You can't wear a nail polish. Like it's so strange. Yeah. So it's, it goes beyond just that. Um, the more controversial ones are not the nail polish one. I think that's like pretty innocent yeah. for people. It's the exposure of tattoos, tattoos for right? people okay. and multiple piercings. And again, I don't have either of those things, but uh, let's talk about the tattoo stuff because you, you know how it is when something changes. Everyone has an opinion and I think everyone is entitled to an opinion. I think sometimes people take their opinion a little too far and get a little too aggressive when they voice their opinion online. Yeah. And... Um, some of the updates include, you know, exposing your tattoo and it still has to be an appropriate tattoo. Okay. It can't be like a big middle finger, right? Like right. It still or has like to be... a big like yeah, F and word it... or <laughs> yes. whatever. Yeah. It's still appropriate, you know, let's say work appropriate for the, for public consumption, right? It has to be a certain size. They'll tell you in, in the lookbook exactly how big it, how big it, you know, can be, you know, what the parameters are for that. And it's been frustrating for me to hear like this negative wave of comments for um, for Disney's decision to do it. Because if mm. you go around Main Street as an example, actually Main Street USA seems to be the one where people have the biggest issue with it because you know the complaint is it's taking them out of the mindset of Main Street. It's quote, not what Walt created, mm. which when people use Walt quotes or with, you know, when people bring in Walt for their argument, I always kind of like, roll my eyes a little bit because we don't know what he's thinking right this was right 50 mention, years ago when right he was like it was designing. a long time ago yes yes um we know disney world is turning 50 this year so yeah. and he wasn't even alive when it right, opened right. and which is unfortunate so we know this was like a long long time ago right yeah. um so anyway um it's a little frustrating for me and I, you know, try to remain open-minded too. And they'll put out the phrase of this ruins the classic Disney feeling. And I'm like, I'm trying to think about this. So what is the classic Disney feeling when you're walking down Main Street USA? So a lot of times we rely on Disney or what we enjoy about Disney is the escape, the immersion, feeling like we're in a different time, right? Right. 
But Main Street USA is supposed to represent the early 20th century, so early 1900s. Mm-hmm. So how far are we going to go with this? Should we not allow it to be used cell phones on Main Street? Right. By the way, should we not have women on Main Street? Because, which right. might sound silly, but women weren't working in the 20s and no. 30s. Women didn't really like join the workforce in large until the 60s. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. I'm like, you... You can only, like, if you want to get to the nitpicky part of it, it's like, are the costume changing? Costumes changing? No. No. They're, they're just allowing people, because we are very diverse now. It's 2021, mm. okay? We live in a very diverse country. We have people from all over the world that are from and live in our country and work in our country. And that's the whole point of things, right? We have these civil liberties and freedoms and, I mean... So I could I could get where people would get mad if the costumes were changing and yeah maybe some of the way that they spoke or I don't know whatever but I'm like if you want you want to like tell, let's talk about women let's talk about people of color like none of, if you're really gonna get down to the nitty gritty you wouldn't see any of that so yes, the fact that it's like a couple tattoos really gonna ruin your day then you have bigger fish to fry like you got bigger issues yeah I was thinking about this kind of like this perspective of like all right if I'm gonna be upset about someone seeing someone's arm tattoo when I'm walking down Main Street, I'd have to stand outside of that situation and think, I'm at a theme park that's based around people in furry costumes trying right. to make me happy. Right, <laughs> like, the, right. You think about the whole entire, like, I know. this whole it's entire like, thing is so silly. Yeah. Like, I get where some people are trying to come with that, but I'm like, but the main argument is, like, it's really not that much different. They're just letting them, instead of having to cover it up or put makeup on it, you're just going to yeah. see it. I mean, hello, everyone's tattooed these days. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's a it's a small step, but it's such it makes such a big difference for cast members. I know so many of them. I've worked with so many who have small tattoos, you know, yeah. not, not, not sleeves. You still can't show yeah. your big sleeve. But um, who would have to wear, like, those arm coverings or, right. like, a band-aid? Sometimes people would wear a band-aid, but, like, I think oh, a band-aid yeah. on, like, your ankle looks so strange. Because I always think look at that and think, like, well, are they bleeding? No, they're just covering a tattoo. Wear, I just yeah, think, like, I had to wear show the like, tattoo. I had to wear stuff like that to cover up my, like, wrist tattoo and stuff when I worked at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. It was kind of ridiculous. Or even Chick-fil-A. When I worked at Chick-fil-A, it was like that. But um, the other part of it, too, is, like, some people are more – it would make them feel more comfortable to see people that are more like them. Like – yeah. I mean, some people have tattoos, and so it might make them more uncomfortable to see a bunch of people that don't have tattoos because they feel like, oh, well, I'm like the, you know, whatever. So it might make them more comfortable to see people that look a little bit more like them. So, Meanwhile, you know these people who work at Disney (laughs) probably have Disney tattoos. Like, there's no way that they they don't, right? right? That's just just how it is. So I'll leave you with an actual quote from Walt Disney that I will not weaponize because I feel like people tend to draw Walt into arguments when they want to, like, make a point. So Walt was quoted as saying, if nothing changed, there'd be no butterflies. Mm. Oh, to think about. Mike, mic drop. And with that, let's get into some news. Let's do it. All right. You want to hit us with a nug? Yeah, I got a couple nugs today. The first little nug is a little baby mandrill nug. A little baby mandrill has joined the family at Disney Disney's Animal Kingdom. Y'all know I like to report on when the babies are born. If you don't know what a mandrill is, think um, Rafiki, because that's the type of um, monkey that Rafiki was in The Lion King. So oh. this little baby was born, and it says, Join us in honoring the circle of life as we celebrate the arrival of this adorable newborn. It was a little girl. She was born on Saturday, April 10th. Um, to first-time parents, Hazel, and that's the mother, and the dad's name is Linus. Um, yeah, and they named the infant Ivy to fit in with the rest of her colorful family, who is Olive, Scarlet, Snow, and Hazel. Uh, there's a little video. They always, like, do a little video of her, and she's just yeah. holding on to her mama, and mama's just walking around, and they, they said you can see her um, on the safari, so okay, you, you might get a glimpse of her if you take the safari. We'll keep our eyes peeled. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like about stories like this, it's a reminder that nature continues to happen yeah. despite like our pandemic, you know, think, things oh, yeah. are still moving and shaking in the world. And sure Babies enough, there's a little mandrill being born. being born. I know. Yeah. Little baby mandrill. That's cool. Yeah. Um, speaking of Rafiki, a little nug for you all. If you didn't see it on Instagram, um, the cast members are back for rehearsals for <gasps> a modified version of Festival of the Lion King. Okay. It's officially being called a celebration of Festival of Lion King. Oh. So think of it like how they've been doing the festivals in Epcot as like a taste of food and wine or a taste right. of flower and garden. Right. Where it's the modified version of it. So Celebration of Festival of the Lion King is supposed to debut mid-May. So let's just Ooh. say a month from now. Yeah. We'll be getting back 
one of like the main things over yeah. at Animal Kingdom. Some kind of modified version of it. That'll be. I'll be interested to see how that goes. Like what they do. I'll be looking for some YouTube videos for some oh, yeah. of the YouTubers. Hopefully, I'll be able vids. to uh, check mm-hmm. it out first person for you all. Yeah, I like that. Uh, the other one that I have kind of goes with our topic today because we're talking about world records being set at Disney World. Um, yeah. And this one is about the man that just ran all the way from Disneyland to Walt Disney World Resort. Um, this was a 2,761 mile long trek. Um, he'll be the first person to ever do this. So, you know, they always advertise like the coast to coast running mm-hmm. weekends, but no one's ever actually done that. And so this guy was like, I'm going to do it. And he's an older man too. His name is Don Muchow. And he said he and his wife are just huge Disney fans. Um, and so, and he's like, he does ultra runs, I guess. It says that he has a love of the parks with ultra runner and Ironman training. That's what he did to do this journey. He did it to raise awareness for type one diabetes. And he began this run in February. It says it typically logged more than 30 miles a day. Like, holy. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and his goal, obviously, was to like always end up at Cinderella Castle. So they did like this whole big thing. Cast members, cast members did a big thing when he showed up. They had balloons, the whole nine yards. So there's a story um, on the Disney blog if you want to go check it out. But I thought that was pretty cool because I was like, well, we're talking about world records today. And this guy pretty much just set one. So. It's records like that that make me evaluate my level of laziness. I know. So this article does say he's 59 years old. Wow. I mean, insane. I feel like I couldn't do that. I can't even walk that long today, and I'm like, my body hurts. <laughs> um, 59 years old, and his favorite attraction it's a, was It's a Small small World. And like when he got into the park, they gave him a Mickey Mouse ice cream bar because that was his favorite, and they like took him to Small World to ride it. My gosh. And then the, the the medical helicopter came in and took him away. I know, would right? Be I'd, I'd be on the floor. Well, I dying. guess when you've been doing that since February, you're like, you've had it all set up and stuff. Yeah. Um, And he got like a, a Mickey hat that's monogrammed on the back. It says Disneyland to Disney World. So what an honor. All right. Let's go back in time for some Disney history brought to you by the Mouselets. Check them out on Instagram or their shop at themouselets.com. Sure. I'm going all the way back to 1991. This is when the Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater restaurant opened at Disney's MGM Studios. Hashtag not my MGM. Um, obviously, it's now Hollywood Studios. But I've never done this, and I've been wanting to do this. Have you ever done the Sci-Fi Theater? Yes. Okay. I've heard that like the the food's not really anything to write home about, but I, it's more about the experience for me. Um, but it just says, like, a night at the old drive-in, servers at the Sci-Fi Theater. They bring you food in vintage 50s. Or you sit in a vin- vintage 50s convertible, mm-hmm. um, and you watch, like, 50s and 60s sci-fi, like, monster flicks, stuff like that. So, And it says this entrance is made to look like a box office, so guests walk from there along a tall fence to the dining room where they sit at booths made to look like convertible cars. And then yes. this is what I thought was cool. It says some of the servers um, wear roller skates acting as car yes. hops, while others improvise characters such as a police officer, officer searching for people who have snuck into the theater without paying. Yeah. So I was like, I wonder they if they pop up if they, in the trunk. Yeah, like I wonder if they still do that. Like if the cops still walk around, like, hey, have you seen a kid running through here? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I haven't so I personally cool. seen that, but maybe it is happening. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm gonna take us back to this week in 1983 when the Disney Channel hit the television airwaves. Oh, man. Way back then, just a little bit before I was born, about two years before I was born. Um, they started off their original first program was called Good Morning Mickey. Mm-hmm. And among the things that were part of the original programming was Mouser Size. I don't know if you remember or remember ever did Mouser, Mouser Size. size. Yeah. Yes. So if you don't know what we're talking about, don't remember it, and you need a little blast from a past, here's a little clip of what Mouser Size sounded like way back in the early, mid-80s. Did you hear the voice of Mickey in the beginning there? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to play it again if you okay. hear it. So it sounds like when someone talks out of their mouth, like they're a really bad ventriloquist. And they're like, <laughs> hi guys, that's a, yeah. it's Mickey. So here, <laughs> listen to this. Here it is. Hi, Musketeers. Hi, Mickey. <laughs> oh, 
I thought that was like a kid. I'm Huskatoos. You just look, oh dude, someone needs to take that um, that jam, like that music, and make it into yeah. a rap song. I would stink and love that. Like, oh man. Ridiculous. That's some good. That's some good dancing music. If you don't like yeah. get your shoulders moving when you hear that, can you play it again? Can you play it again? I want to hear it again. Yeah, I mean it's it's a bop for for everyone. I will put a, an extended cut of yes. it at the end of the episode Please so y'all do. can hear. But here we go. A little more of some uh, mouse music. Hi, Musketeers. Hi, Keep your body, body moving moving until your spirits, until your spirits rise. rise. You know that means My there's goodness. a lot of jumping in this. In this, I feel like yeah, jazzercise, mousercise. Yeah, it was a lot of jumping around. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'm sure there were no drugs involved in that. Okay. Yeah, no, not at let's, all. Let's uh, let's hop into our big topic and talk about some Guinness World records that were set at Disney parks. Uh, and there's some really interesting things here. And um, I'm excited to talk about it. So let's just jump yeah. into it. Do you want to you kick us off? Yeah, I'm going to kick us off. So these are straight from the Guinness Book of World Records sites. So these are legit. We didn't find these on Wikipedia is what I'm trying to say. You know yeah. how I like to find myself on Wikipedia. I'm like, these <laughs> ain't, this is not from Wikipedia. Yes. Um, okay, so the first one that I found that I was like, this is just so random, but it's from Walt Disney World, um, is the most tomatoes harvested from a single plant in one year. What? How random is that? Uh, yes. So this is the most uh, tomatoes harvested from a single plant in one year weighed 1,151.84 pounds. And this was in 20, it, this was April 20th of 2006, like when they finally did this. Mm. So it was a year long thing. It started um, May 24th, 2005 and ended April 20th, 2006. And it says a total of 32,194 tomatoes were harvested. And this was at, sorry, to tell you where this was, it was at Epcot's science project. I heard that, and I think because it doesn't specifically say it had anything to do with the land, so I'm wondering right, like that's what it I has thought. to be in connection or conjunction, right? Yeah, I mean, because there was another one that I didn't put on here, and it was like it was the kind of the same thing, but it was cucumbers, like it was something yes. about cucumbers. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know what they were trying to go for. Um, so yeah, so that was the first one I had. Most tomatoes harvested from a single plant in one year. All right, I'll keep us in Epcot then, and we'll head over to a record set in the year 2017. And this is a quote from Guinness. Okay. The longest running daily screening of a film in the same theater is 35 years and was achieved by Impressions to France, shown in the France Pavilion of Epcot's World Showcase at Walt Disney World. So Impressions de 35, uh, 35 years at the time. This was 27, 2017. Yeah, because I was like, that's not there running. anymore, right? Isn't it something different now? It's there. Oh, okay. It's just alternating between uh, that and the Beauty and the Beast sing-along. Okay, that's so what I thought. I was like, did the sing-along take that over? But Yeah, no, they share. This is an opening day attraction for Epcot. So as of October 1st, 1982, 1982 it's been showing. It's considered to be a part of the category of any film of any length, feature, or short. And they say it's unmodified. So it's part of this record is it's been running for the longest and it is also unmodified. However, I have never seen it. I've never done the impressions to France. I'm going to go ahead and say, I have, say I've never seen it either. Ooh. Yeah, which I, I, I feel like um, might upset some people. I bet but we can find a I YouTube the video. Music. Yeah. The, um, the music from Impressions to France is used in the resort TV channel that you go, like, you know, when you check into your uh, resort, yeah. and you're like, oh, I can't wait to turn on the Disney TV. It's in there. And um, I brought a little bit of sound does from it, it because I think I think we've all heard it before. I feel like so. Does it sound like this? Do 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 do. Hey everybody! Precious to France. It's just like that, except he has a beret on when he yeah, says it. Yeah, okay. exactly. So uh, here's Smoking a little bit, a, a little bit of uh, <laughs> like a, a long skinny cigarette. <laughs> Virginia um, Slims. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's a little bit of impressions to France. Among gentle spirits of the air, my France awakens with the early dawn. Oh my gosh, the way he talks about his I'm France, terrified. he just needed a, needed a cold shower. 
it sounds very Beauty and the Beast. Yes, but this music for sure is included in the resort TV music. And for another piece of audio, I feel like this piece isn't talked about as much from Impressions to France, mm-hmm. but I feel like we've heard it before. Jet that beyond the UK, the last of the day, flatulence. I told you I had gas. Oh, no, sorry. That was uh, Pierre Escargot from All That, if All you remember that. from Nickelodeon. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Gather around, children. There used to be a show called All That back in the day from yes. Nickelodeon. The kids' version kids of, version of uh, Saturday Night Live, and that was Keenan Thompson yes. playing PRS Cargo, who was now on SNL. As I we know, know it is crazy to see like him. Thirteen years, whatever. I know, but it's weird because it still feels new to me. I'm like, I'm like, that's he was on all that and in Good Burger and from Nickelodeon. <laughs> anyway, all right, what else you got? Time for my next one. Okay, this one comes to us from Disney Springs, and it was the largest display of Toy Story memorabilia, like in one place. Hmm. So this was by Big Fish Games. It says it's like was a store, I guess a store in Disney Springs. Total number of memorabilia that was like recorded at this time was 10,133 pieces. Um, Yeah. And it was from June. This was only in 2019. It was June 11th of 2019 when this was recorded. Um, It said the attempt kicked off the launch of the Toy Story Drop mobile and tablet game. And uh, let's see, it was attended by 2019 to 2020 Walt Disney World ambassador Marilyn West, along with Mickey and Minnie Mouse. So 10,000 items. I I would love to see like a photo of this or something because like what... What are these items that these people were collecting and bringing? No 10, idea. Items is all- I'm going to look it up and see if I can find a picture. And this was all to kick off, you said, the launch of the Toy Story Drop app, which I played. I don't play it anymore, but, like, I remember that coming out and being excited because, like, I like Disney games. Like, I played, as you know, Beth, uh, Disney Emoji Blitz. Yes. Big fan. So when I saw another kind of similar-ish game, I, re- I remember playing Toy Story Drop. But I don't remember hearing about this big, giant display of Toy Story memorabilia. Yeah. But sure enough, there's a Guinness World Record about it. I did find a picture, and it says, like, there is a Guinness Book of World Records, um, like, flag, and it says attempt next to it, official attempt. And it looks like there is a bunch of, um, like, the main, the main like, count of the memorabilia is the little green soldiers. Oh. So there's okay. a bunch of those. All right. So, yeah, we're looking at a picture here and there's like these big boards put out on the ground or maybe like kind of sheets of paper and it's just tons and tons of little green army men it looks yeah. like those scenes in movies when like the two different sides are about to like go to war and they're all like rifling in you, you mean know like, like in their, any in their movie big, about uh, the holocaust <laughs> yeah, yeah specifically i was talking about the holocaust i can't believe i missed that when it happened in real time because mm. there's just like you said there's the flag for the official att- i feel like yeah. that should have made some local news and i guess just I in 2019 all right yeah and i was living here at the time all right so let's talk about a guinness world record set for the most expensive roller coaster mm. it's not rock and roller coaster it's not space mountain it's not big thunder mountain uh, this was set in 2006 so it is possible that the guinness book of world records on this has been beat but don't forget in order to it to in order for it to be an official Guinness World Record, right? you, know, you have to go through the documentation, you actually have to do an official attempt right. and apply and blah, 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 blah. So in 2006, this was set for Animal Kingdom's Expedition Everest, which at the time mm. has an estimated cost of $100 million, it's which a is stupid a Yeti. ton of money. It's the Yeti. So this opened, the attraction itself opened in 2006 after six years of research and, of course, construction. For some comparisons, Space Mountain costs uh, an estimated $18 million, and Big Thunder Mountain costs an estimated $17 million. So you're talking five times the cost yeah. of each of those. Not combined, but five each. And uh, some factors, of course, that contributed to the high cost of Everest. The 22-foot-tall Yeti auto yep. animatronic which I know is still a source of frustration for lots yeah. of guests because he's not operating the way that he was intended. I don't know if you could really call it an animatronic at this point. <laughs> well, a sta- he, it's a statue I think he at winks this point. at me. At least, at least <laughs> when I go, he winks at me. <laughs> he winks at me. And um, <laughs> he is covered, or I guess he or she, the Yeti is covered in <laughs> 1,000 feet of fur. Mm. And of course, the structures itself and how much work is put into making it look like an aged old mountain. And you know, one thing I forget about the Expedition Everest attraction is that the main mountain isn't Mount Everest. The point right. of the attraction is to bring you through the Forbidden Mountain as a way to getting to 
Everest. Everest. And yeah. I'm a bad Disney trivia guy because I just always say, oh, look, that's, you know, that's Mount Everest. But technically mm. it's yeah, both the of forbidden them. Mount mountain. Everest is just behind it. And then Forbidden Mountain is in front of it. I so wonder something how... To, something to think about. I am curious, too, if the raptor is going to be... If the raptor is something that would maybe uh, surpass it, even though, like, they're not... In Universal, you mean? Yeah. Like, I wonder if the new one... Yeah. Like, how much money they spent so on that. So, I did some Googling okay. for prices of coasters built after that, and allegedly, the Hagrid attraction oh, at yeah. Universal cost $300 million. Oh um, But again, if it wasn't officially submitted, right. it technically won't, won't be yeah. counted as an official world break. But... Back in 2006, this was official for... Which I'm curious how much Rise of the Resistance, but that's not really a roller coaster. That's more of like Not a, a roller coaster, yeah. Yeah. I bet you it costs so a ton, a... but not technically a roller coaster. All right. You ready for my next one? Yeah. All right. The next one here is the most visited zoo. Can you guess what it is? Hmm. Uh, the bathrooms at just outside <laughs> of Casey's Corner. Okay. So it's Disney's Animal Kingdom. So based on attendance oh. figures published by the themed entertainment association, the most visited, visited zoo is Disney's Animal Kingdom, uh, which receives 13,888,000 visitors in 2019. So 2019, yeah, again, lot. very recent. This is when they, I guess, had this documented as, you know, they wanted to get this record on them. So think of all the zoos yeah. across the world. This is the one that's most visited. I'm going to uh, cross the country a little bit and take mm -hmm. us over to the West Coast for this one. Oh. And this is this is silly, and I can't I can't wait to share this one. This is the largest human representation of an interactive map. So this is over in the Disneyland Weird. Park. It is a record set by Google's tech staffing team in 2015. Okay. And the quote from Guinness on this is that participants dressed as the blue dots and the landing red pin to turn a Google Map search into life so oh. as a group these employees from the google's te tech staff yeah. staffing team got together uh operated as a giant google map search and Weird. moved from the as a herd basically yeah. from the disneyland hotel over to the entrance of disneyland that is weird <laughs> who comes up with this stuff who's like you know what google let's we're gonna we're getting together all right guys yes i mean it's yeah. creative, so I'm like, it's Google, of course. Like, they have, they're just creative, and, I've, you know, their offices are, like, su supposed to be amazing and stuff like that, but interesting. Okay, this is my last one. You could probably guess it. The tallest artificial tree. Can you guess where it is? In the Swiss Family Treehouse in Magic Kingdom. <sighs> you might guess that one, but no, it's the Tree of Life in Disney's Animal Kingdom. Uh... April 22nd, 1998. Not that long ago. Uh, the Tree Not of Life. Not that long ago. That was that was twenty three. That was opening day of Animal Kingdom. But it was twenty three years Late ago. Late nineties are not that not that long ago. Um, I know the centerpiece of Animal Kingdom Park obviously is the Tree of Life, and it is forty five point two meters tall, making it the tallest artificial tree. Um, yeah, and I mean this is in the world, right? So, the design is inspired by the giant baobab that appears in the nineteen ninety four movie The Lion King home to the character of Rafiki, who we talked about earlier because monkeys. Um, after several design iterations, the designers wanted the massive tree to house a 430-seat theater, so they settled on a refitted oil rig platform, which has a wide base and is engineered to withstand hurricane-force winds. So this is probably one of the most safest place, uh, places that you can be at when a hurricane is coming. Um, Get in the tree. Which, which really, any Disney resort is a safe place to be if there's a hurricane, so... Yeah. Uh, it has a series of steel mesh sheets that were placed over the structure to give the trunk its base shape. More than 20 master sculptors were brought in from all over the world to sculpt the roots, trunk, and branch bases in a swirling tapestry of 325 endangered and extinct animals. I feel like we did. We've already done like a deep dive into this. Yeah, we, we, had, our, the... we had a two-part series yeah. on our park icons yeah. of Disney. Obviously, one of them is Tree of Life. So go back and search if you didn't hear that mm -hmm. one. There's, uh, so much more information on the Tree of Life yeah. in there. So if Some you of it know, will come up in our trivia that on is Thursday. I'm true. sure of it because I already wrote the questions and some of the things that I am asking, you just happen to give the information is for. So look at that. one of the you know, questions, what is the tallest artificial tree in the world? Could be. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So that was just another world record there for you. My last Guinness World Record at a Disney park that I'm going to talk about is one that I'm jealous of, right? So yeah. get, get this. This is the fastest time 
visiting all Disney parks. So that's all 12 parks. And the record time was 75 hours. Yeah, I have so many questions about this. Yes. So many And you know, rather than just Beth and I talk about it, I thought it would be cool to talk about the person who did it. So Lindsay, welcome to our show. Welcome, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. Of course. So we have a lot of questions and I'm not trying to bombard you, but when, you know, when we see the story of someone traveling to all these different countries to get to 12 different Disney parks, I feel like our heads were spinning with like, oh my gosh, how did this all even happen? Yes, absolutely. This was in 2017, so some time has passed, Mm -hmm. and you did chronicle your adventure on your website, amblinpearl.com. So if if anyone out there wants to see a written version of this and some photos to go along with it, parts one, two, and three are on there as well. And I, one of the things I liked on there that you, how you described yourself, which was a, uh, someone who is addicted to fast paced trips. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like you'd have to be. Yeah. I was like, girl, yeah. you got to be like the best organizer ever. I think what got me oh. was the time frame. Like I told, like I was talking to, um, to Greg and I'm like, was this just Disneyland and Disney World? He was like, no, it was. And I was like, I don't understand how this all happened in the time frame. So I read your blogs, but I was like, I still don't understand how this all happened in the time frame. <laughs> like the Disney gods were definitely with you for this one. Um, yes. Yes. But I wanted to start by asking you, so how did all the, I know, like I've, I've read kind of how it sort of come, came about, but if you give us like a quick synopsis and then how you, did you contact Guinness Book of World Records to like to figure out what the actual parameters were? How did that all go? It was really, really complicated. So the idea came really, I, I think it was the early beginning of our blog. So I was, I was blogging with a friend of mine and we thought we should do like, everyone's got a travel blog, but we could do something really interesting. And then one day I was just sitting having a coffee thinking like, I should do a Guinness World Record. Like I'm an amazing <laughs> traveler. I love, and you know, I've been, I've worked for, for an airline for, for many years. Okay. And my claims to fame was like Friday night, flight to Paris, Saturday morning, hit the ground running, coffee shops, restaurants, bars all night, go to the hotel at 5 a.m., get up at 7 a.m., get on the flight, fly home, and that's it. So for me, like whirlwind, I love a whirlwind Mm -hmm. trip. I love the intensity and the chaos. And I thought, I wonder if there's got to be some travel records I could break. And I looked up one. It was the fastest time to the, what is it? The seven wonders of the world or something like that. I thought, Mm -hmm. oh, I could do that. Um, But unfortunately, they've stipulated that they don't consider the modern wonders of the world, according to Guinness World Records, is not, not legitimate. So they're not actually allowing people to try to break that record because it's mm. contentious what those seven wonders are. It's not right. official. Gotcha. So then I was started like poking around the Guinness World website and I saw one and I was like, I can this do this. I got yeah. it. I got this. And it was the fastest time to every Disney park in the world. So at that time, I think it was 2017, I initially applied for it. I think it was 12 parks. Shanghai Disney had just opened. There was somebody that had attempted it, but not officially, not through the Guinness World Records a couple years ago. And he had done the 11 parks without Shanghai Disney in 58 hours. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it wasn't official. Right. So Guinness was looking for someone to make it official and to do all of the parks. So I started doing some research and figuring out, like, could I do it? How long would it take? My initial draft was probably like 120 hours. And that was a bit more okay. cushy. It was like, oh, yeah. I can overnight in a hotel and stuff like that. And then I really whittled it down because I wanted to make a record that was unbeatable. If I was okay. going to do this, I'm doing it once yeah. and no one is ever going to break that record, period. I swear I had to become like a legal expert in Guinness, <laughs> like all the documentation, all mm. the details. And okay, so to do this endeavor, you had to have an active GPS tracker on you all the time. You had to log your waypoints. You had to get documents signed every single place. You had to have photos, you had to have videos, you had to have like, you name it, you had to have it. So not only did you have to plan out this insane trip, I was carrying like, laptops in my backpack with like trying to hook up my GPS and download data and binders with documents. So the whole process to get it, my attempt approved took something like six months. Wow. 
That's crazy. I had to go through all the paperwork and say, here's all my stops. Here's every, and, and there's a lot of rules too. For example, you can't take any private transportation. You cannot mm. get a rental car. You cannot get a private jet. Not that I have the money for a private jet. <laughs> right, um, right. You can't do, you can't get someone to give you a ride. So if you're going to use transportation, it has to be public. You can take a taxi is the only little sort of um, easy one to get around. Mm -hmm. But besides that, it had to be buses, trains, planes. That was it. I guess the thought process there is probably it would have to be accessible by anybody. So if you knew someone, then someone else who wanted to attempt it couldn't do it because they don't know your friend who would drive you from A to B. Yeah, right. exactly. Or okay. they don't. Th- that the other thing too. I noticed in the rules, the GPS that you have on you, y- you cannot have. If you have a taxi driver, they cannot speed. So you cannot be like speed. Oh my gosh. Because oh in gosh. theory, your data could right. show that you are speeding. Yeah. I mean, oh, I don't know if they would have gone to those details of validating but the record, know, yeah. but the rules, yes. And again, if I'm going to do this, I'm not going to cheat. I'm yeah. not going to break any rule because I would hate to get disqualified in the end because one right. little detail wasn't there. <laughs> you get on one of the planes, you're like, can I talk to the pilot? I have to tell him not to fly too fast because I can yeah, get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. yeah. Do you feel like it was stressful to have to kind of control what other people were doing to like not ruin it, it for you? It was the most stressful and I think a lot of people especially Disney fans think like Mm -hmm. this is the most fun thing I've ever heard this is the most exciting (laughs) I would do anything to have that opportunity by the time I got to Tokyo Disneyland I wanted to kill myself it was so brutal I was like I never want to hear another Disney song I never want to hear I just want to be free from this because it's so stressful and it was night after night after night. And I'll I'll tell you about the journey too, because it wasn't like, wasn't business class. There was not one hotel. There was not one bed. It was continuous. Yeah. So it was, it obviously it was amazing, but it was no party. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll, we'll go through the parks you went to. I feel like that's, that's an interesting uh, journey that you made. But I like how it started out with you just, you flew to LAX, so the airport at Los Angeles, with a backpack. And that was just about it. That was it? And I imagine your head was full of ideas, your mind was racing, and I just have to know, the people in your life, right? Like your family, your friends, did they think you were absolutely out of your mind? I think, well, no. I I think my parents parents were puzzled. They're like, I don't know why you would do this, but (laughs) we support you. Yeah. Um, Everyone else, especially at the airline, uh, and I did it for charity as well. So I was doing it for, I kind of spun it because I wanted to do something charitable. It was like, if I'm going to do this crazy thing, I might as well raise some money for a good cause. Yeah. Yeah. Ended up raising about $5,000 for the um, Air Canada Foundation, which was really nice. So because of that, because it was charitable, a lot of people were supporting me and they just thought like, yeah, yeah. Like most people just thought it was fun and it was yeah. cool and it was oh, like, yeah. good on you. The whole Disney community was probably like, yeah, girl, get it. You know? Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. Plenty it, of people that would support you otherwise. Oh, yeah. Everyone I met at the parks were just like, I can't believe you're doing this. This yeah. is yeah. crazy. I feel like I would have to support you because I know I couldn't do it. You know, I'd be like, you know oh, what? Yeah. I can't do it. Someone should do it. So it should be you, you know? Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of that. You know, I didn't have a lot of fun time to spend at any of the parks. Right. But Disneyland, California, I'd never been. So we went, we spent the day between um, Disneyland and, wow, haven't been California in so long. Adventure. California yeah. Adventure. California Adventure, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, just had a lot of fun, had a photographer to take some photos, um, just had like such a fun day. And then went back to the airport and started the insanity. So yeah. it was like, it was like a nice warm up and like had a very mm-hmm. good vibe. My my makeup looked nice, my hair looked nice, <laughs> everything was beautiful at the beginning, and then it was the slow decline over <laughs> yeah. the next 75 hours. <laughs> so you went from California over to Florida, so you did your Disneyland, Disney California Adventure, and you headed off to the four parks at Disney World, and of course started mm-hmm. at Magic Kingdom. And at of this course. point, you were 12 hours into your journey, you got your taxi f- from the airport to Magic Kingdom, and boom, you were there for park open. Yes, exactly, and I sort of optimized the whole trip So the reason I started in LAX and head west is because I needed to optimize the daytime to be in parks and then optimize the nighttime to to sleep. Well, not really sleep, but travel on red eyes when parks would be closed. 
Right. Like if I had been traveling during the daytime, arrive at my destination at night, sleep in a hotel, like it would blow the record to like 160 hours. Yeah. So it had to be four red eye flights in a row, four nights. Night one. Well, you're basically was... chasing the daylight. I mean, you're yeah. Because I was like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you start there and go backwards? Because technically, time is whatever. But I guess it makes sense to go. Yeah, from here to always over there. be spending the days in the parks and or traveling to and from the parks, and then overnighting on flights. So you land in the morning, get to mm-hmm. whatever park you're at, travel, so on and so forth. The other thing too is the parks now. I remember when I was a kid, it wasn't the same, but now you have to go through security. Yeah. So when I had it takes time. I, <laughs> takes time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I had a backpack full of the most random things. Oh my yeah. goodness. So these security people are just like, okay, you're coming <laughs> to the park with like two laptops, a GPS unit. I'm trying to break a like, world record, people just let me in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I didn't have time to explain this. Like, California was very cushy. I had a lot of time to play with because I just had to get to the airport for like a ten PM red eye. Right. Orlando was different. Because I had to get it all done by, let's say, 11 a.m. or noon. Can't remember now. To catch my flight from Orlando to Newark and get the red eye from Newark to Paris. I had to do a ride in each park. I had to get two witness statements at each park. Log books, videos, photos, sync my GPS. So every park, like, I did not have time to get... um, I don't know, like go to Starbucks or have, yeah. a, have a moment or just yeah. like go on Space Mountain because I'm there because I want to. Like there was no room for fluff. Yeah. So I luckily I had the um, annual pass that year. Mm-hmm. That let me book Fast Pass before I got to the parks. Yeah. Yep. So I knew Magic Kingdom would be easy. I knew Epcot would be a breeze, but I knew Hollywood Studios, I would have some difficulty so I would need to get a use my fast pass there yep mm-hmm. so Magic Kingdom I get there do the ride get some signatures it's all very nice get some photos get on the monorail to Epcot mm-hmm. get through Epcot get my documentation I think I took did Spaceship Earth because that's yep. like a no-brainer it's right, yeah. it's right there shut my eyes for five minutes right <laughs> I'm just right. relaxed in the cool <laughs> listen to Judy Dench talk to you yeah and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And just sort of like relaxed and then got off, got my signatures, photos, everything. Then I got the bus to Hollywood Studios just in time mm-hmm. for my fast pass on Rock and Roller Coaster. And this is where it gets dicey. Because I have basically a 30-pound backpack with cool. me. Yeah. Which is fine when you're on Spaceship Earth. Right. It's not fine when you're on... <laughs> Like rock, rock and roller, roller coaster. coaster. Yeah, it goes upside going, down like three times. So, yeah. <laughs> so there were some moments on that. I just thought like it's over. <laughs> My bag's gonna <laughs> drop. Everything's gonna explode. Yeah. I'm gonna lose everything. This is horrible. Um, that was that was terrifying. That was no fun. And then I finally got over to Animal Kingdom. I can't remember which one I did. I had written down that you did Expedition Everest. Oh, thank God. Yeah, because okay. that's like my favorite ride ever. Yeah. So I'm glad that's like the one I did. Which is like far into the park, you know? Like- far into the park, but single rider line. Yeah, that's true. true. All right. That was that was where I was like, okay, I'll use single rider line. I don't need a fast pass. I'll save my fast pass for Hollywood Studios where it's going to be hard to get okay. a ride yeah. quick. So anyway, I think I was I was done. I was like, oh my God, okay, I've got time. This is great. So I get taxi to the airport. Get through, get on my flight, get to Newark, Newark to Paris. And this is where it got really dicey. And I knew this was like probably my, my tightest connection. Mm-hmm. Because Paris, Paris Disneyland is not far from the airport, but it's not close. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a train though, believe it or not. There's a train that runs from the airport to Paris Disneyland mm-hmm. in something like 14 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So it's a high-speed train, but the problem is it's not every hour. It, it's not every 20 minutes. It's not every hour. It's literally like one of those weird every four-hour kind of trains. Right. Gotcha. Was like, like, we can I get really... you there in 10 minutes, but yeah. only every three hours and 28 only, yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah, because that regional line, for whatever reason, isn't serviced very frequently or wasn't at the time. Okay. So I, I only had hmm, 30 minutes budgeted from when I landed to get on that train to get there so that means getting off the plane clearing mm-hmm. customs 
changing terminals, getting to the train station, getting my ticket printed, and getting on this train that only right. goes every three or four hours. Right. So sure enough, flight's delayed, get in probably 10 minutes late, I rush through, I get through uh, customs, I run to get to the other terminal, I get on the other terminal. And at this point, I've got some, I think it was seven minutes. I get to the train station, I've got seven minutes to find a kiosk or someone to print my ticket. Right. So I'm like running, 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 trying to find it. I find a kiosk. That's not working. I'm scanning. It's not working. I'm scanning. I go to a guy. He's like, you can't go there. You got to go to this office. And I'm like four minutes. Okay, finally. Okay, so I find the right person. They help me print the ticket. Kid you not, run down the stairs, somehow get on the right train, and those doors closed right behind me. Oh, my goodness. Had I I missed that train? I would have thrown up. I would have been like, Yeah. (laughs) I was like, that that was like, that was when... I decided this isn't as fun as I thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm tired. Um, not to mention, hopefully you ate on the plane. I would be like, I'm not. I'm done because I'm hungry. That's yeah, like, yeah, that's all it would take for me. I'd be like, I'm hungry and I'm tired. That's it. I'm done. Yeah, hungry, tired, maybe too many glasses of wine just to like pass <laughs> the night. Yeah. So, but then I got on the train. It was beautiful. I went upstairs. The had like a nice little coffee. Then I got to Disneyland Paris. I think I got there maybe 40 minutes before park opened, just because oh, of the good. timing of the train. I was hugely rushed, but yeah. I had time. And I just had a chance to like walk around, go into the hotel, which is kind of like the Grand Floridian, but yeah, like the Paris version. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's so pretty. It's so gorgeous. It's just like, but the only problem now is I had been in California. I'd been in Orlando where it was hot. It was sunny. And now I landed oh, and yeah. it was like fog cold I was not dressed for it I did not have the footwear for it I was tired because that that was after my second red eye in a row right I hadn't by that point I hadn't seen a hotel in three days um anyway I finally get into the park it's beautiful but creepy because it's like this this fog yeah the fog it's like really dark and weird but really pretty that's when I the the language barrier started to creep in and I'm I'm Canadian I speak a bit of French not enough Mm -hmm to communicate the complexity of trying to do a Guinness World Record. Yeah. Right. And all I the need stuff you to fill that out is, this form. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And people get and that was something I really underestimated is how people are not comfortable signing random mm. forms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In America it's yeah. different. It's like, yeah, sure, that sounds awesome. Totally. Well see, I'm from New York. If you ask me to sign something, I'd be like, no. <laughs> You're yeah. on your own. <laughs> yeah, it depends on where you are in the United States. You just happen to be in some of the nice places where people yeah, in the nice. Sure. I mean, I live, in, I live in Florida now. I feel like I've gotten yeah. a little soft, but yeah, growing up, people were like, "You signed it. I'm not signing it." Yeah, forget <laughs> yeah. it. What are you talking about? What? Is this a government form? I I'm signing that. <laughs> so at this point, you're uh, according to your blog, you're at hour 33 of your journey. So you're yeah. more than a, a full day's worth of, of travel mm-hmm. and stuff here. You, you do your and Disneyland you in Paris. Slept. Did you sleep at all yeah. on the plane? No, like an hour. Okay. And okay. even if you do, it's not quality sleep, right? It's no. just like, no. you know. No. So you just do like your you do your one ride at Disneyland Paris, then probably ventured over to Walt Disney Studios. That's right. I'd have to say of all the parks, the staff were so nice there. Yeah. When I okay. told them what I was doing, they were so sweet. They, they were like, okay, well, we'll get you a free coffee. We're going to get you all these mm. comped things. And that's yeah. so amazing. And I did the Ratatouille ride. Yeah, which was awesome. so cool. I don't know if that's open yet in Orlando. No, they announced it's uh, October first is the announced opening date. So we're getting okay. it. We're getting there. We still yeah. have like five and a half months. Oh my god, it's it's so cute. It's so charming, especially like being in France and being on that. It was just yeah. like a weird being in a movie set of France in France. Yeah, and it was just a bit yeah. trippy. <laughs> um, and and I'd met a couple at the last park who were also, it's funny, they were also going to the airport that day to fly home. And uh, they knew I was going to the airport, they were going to the airport, and I had their email. I was like, oh, we'll keep in touch. Yeah. So anyway, I do that. I get my signatures. I go to the train station. And as you know, it's France. Trains are delayed and delayed and delayed and we don't know how long. Oh, no. So I was waiting with some other people and this other woman was going to the airport as well. And she's like, this is really tight. And it was really tight for me. I was flying Air France to Shanghai. I want to say my flight was at about 1.15. And at this point, it's like 11. Yeah. 
and there's no information. We don't know when this train's coming. We, we don't know. And basically, I need this flight. There's yeah. no other Paris to Shanghai that day. If I don't get this right. flight, I've burned 24 hours. If I can get another flight the next day. Right. This is like critical. I have to be on yeah. anyway. Wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. I'm just like, oh my God. But finally it comes. I get on the train. I get to the airport. The, the line at customs was unbelievable. I thought I was going to, thought I was just going to drop dead and have a heart attack. <laughs> but anyway, waited out. I'm pacing. I'm sweating. I'm stressing. I finally get through. I run to the gate uh, and they're boarding. And I just have like a quick couple minutes to make a phone call to my boyfriend. I'm like, yep, I'm alive. Yep, this is really stressful. Yeah. I'm really tired. Yeah. Cool. I'll talk to you. I hate my life. I got to go. Bye. Bye. <laughs> got to go. <laughs> and then I get on the flight to Air, uh, the Air France flight and we push back and I think it was 13 hours. Oof. So I'm like, at least I can try to sleep. It's economy class. They serve yeah. champagne in economy class on that route, oh, which is amazing. Get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that helped. So I land in Shanghai. And have either of you been to the Shanghai Disneyland? No. That's another have bucket not. list for us. Oh my gosh. It is so cool. It, is it looks cool. Yeah. yeah. It is. But it's strange too because it, it looks, it's like a carbon copy of the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Except oh. very much not. Like, right. And the lines. So anyway, so I land in Shanghai. Now I'm like really tired and very cranky. Mm-hmm. It was cold. It, customs was weird. They didn't know what I was doing. They didn't speak the language. And I was just like, okay. But luckily I had managed to get a China visa, which is tricky to get. But I got one earlier that year to help okay. kind of get me through. Yeah. Anyway, so I take a taxi. He speeds. I'm like, okay, well, my record's done. <laughs> I'm absolutely screwed. Get there. He drops me at the wrong spot. I walk like two kilometers. And I thought, you know, it's like a Wednesday morning. I should be able to breeze right through. There should be no lines. I've never in my life seen a line like that. Mm, man. I don't know if I put a picture on the blog. I think you did. Post. Like where it was just like sardines, basically. Yeah. Wow. I couldn't believe it. I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah. You made it in and you did Tron, which is awesome because we're, yes. we're getting so, that here too. It's just it's still in process, yeah. but it's such a cool looking ride. So All the cool. rides that I've just seen videos of, basically. <laughs> and I'm They're waiting amazing. for them to open here. Yeah, yeah that's Tron a cool one. is probably the best ride in all the parks. Okay. Wow. Don't all tell right. me that. It oh is so fun. It is so yeah. fun. I think I almost did it twice, even though I was in a time crunch, just because yeah. I'm like, this is so cool. The problem, the main problem, is that the level of English there, it's not even like France, where yeah, some people speak decent yeah. English. It's like Zero. No zero english everyone i talked to people that worked at the park nothing yeah i'm like okay well this is tricky (laughs) yeah um but anyway rush 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 i eventually found people that spoke english got back to the airport had a quick meal got on my next flight which was at like 11 a.m and landed in hong kong i want to say around one got to that park and i basically had the rest of the day for that park yeah. Before I had another red eye, my last red eye to Tokyo. So okay. it was actually really nice. I had a whole day. It was warm. It was cozy. People were really nice there. It was easy. Everything was easy. There was no hurdles. The language barrier what didn't exist. Yeah, it's um, crazy that just really nice. just from those two places that their language barrier was like major wall, not such a major wall here. Nothing. Like, yeah. Yeah. And everyone was so nice. They were just like so interested in what I was doing. And it was just, they were so sweet. And that park is gorgeous. It really is. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, you just got the one, the one, two punch left. Just Tokyo, uh, Disneyland and Disney Sea. Yeah. Torture. Absolute torture. <laughs> oh, no. um, and I'd been to Tokyo Disneyland before and I'd known it's like a whole different cup of tea. It's, yeah, it's insane. So that was, I took my last flight. But thank God I, I went to a lounge at the airport. I had some time and I was just like, okay, shower, eat. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one more red eye. I think it was like a three or four hour flight. Landed at 5.40 in the morning. Had to go to the park and wait for three hours Ooh. for it to open. Yeah. It was freezing cold. It was packed. The line on a Thursday morning, I think it was Thursday, to get in, I like, it, it's mind-blowing. I'm like, mm. I I've never seen lines like this. Yeah. Anyway, so I wait outside, freezing cold, and then I finally get in. But the problem, again, is the language. And also in, in Japan, it's uh, the concern about signing documents and concern right. about um, approvals. 
They're very yeah. like uh, hierarchy based. So if you go to a cast member and you say, can you sign this? Most of the time they don't understand what it is you're asking. And then even if they do, they're like, I have to ask the so next layer. So they call the next layer yeah. and then they come and then they're like, I have to call the next layer. Oh, yeah. No. So anyway, I think I did Pirates of the Caribbean there because it was the closest one to the entrance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The red, the, but the red tape took like two hours and I was dying. <laughs> and then I finally got out, got to Tokyo Sea and Tokyo Disney Sea. As I'm in line buying my ticket, I see a family. Uh, they look like British people. And I was like, excuse me, I know this is going to sound really de- like weird, but I really need your help because I can't go through what I just went through back there. Can yeah. you please be my, like, there's four of you here. Can you be my witnesses? Can you sign yeah. for me? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. So thank God that made yeah. everything a whole lot yeah. easier. You're like, you and speak English, but in a really cool yeah. accent. Please wait for me. Please wait for me. <laughs> so it just had to be anyone that was in the park to say, like, I was in this park. This person was here as well. Yeah, the preference was cast members. But oh, okay. in lieu of that, they were willing to take, like, guests. You're like, yeah, yeah. you are. <laughs> yeah, you will. Trust we me. We would have fight words if not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then that was it. And it was almost anticlimactic because I was so miserable. I was so tired. I was so over it. There was no one there to celebrate with. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to my hotel and I do not want to go to Disney Park for at least six months. Yeah. (laughs) I can imagine it's anticlimactic because like if it were a race or something, you cross the finish line, there'd be like a crowd there. There's like confetti, but it's just you. So you finish this park, you're in Tokyo Disney Sea, and then it's like, okay, well, now what? You're like jumping around there like this white woman over there. I don't know what's going on. She's clapping. She might be on drugs. Clapping for yourself. (laughs) Yeah. She looks pretty disheveled. (laughs) (laughs) She looks disgusting. I don't know. She keeps saying she did it. I have no idea what's going on, but whatever. Yeah. And the thing is like, yeah, and all the people are so friendly, but yeah, it's just hard to communicate. Without the communication, it's impossible, even if they want to help. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, I can't even say it was, you know, like, oh my God, I did it. Yeah. I was just dead. Exhausted, yeah. Yeah, so how, four so red eyes. Your, how much time until you like flew back then? Oh, I spent a couple of days in Japan. Okay. Cause that's what I was wondering. Yeah. So you, so you had to fly home with all your stuff, all this equipment, and then you had to like, what, upload some things to like, how did you get all the information to the Guinness Book of World Records? That took ages. It was a lot of scanning, uploading, scanning, uploading. Yeah, because they wanted everything to be digital. I had something like probably 80 pages of logs and statements and blah, blah, blah. And then like transferring the data on the GPS into usable, they wanted some specific format just like a lot of work it probably took it took me like four months to get it all okay okay i was gonna ask like how long until they like officially gave you like the certification oh that took you did it ages i want to say i'd have to check my records but it wasn't immediate it was i want to say at least like six or seven months later okay wow so don't forget if you want to see uh lindsay's blog posts about this they are available on our website ambleandpearl.com There are three parts. There's a lot, lot of uh, information, a lot of photos and stuff in there. And I know, I would imagine that a travel blog has to take a little bit of a pause since the world is taking a pause. Yeah. But I'm assuming that as we continue to reopen and the travel is is a little bit more acceptable and doable, I'm guessing you're going to jump right back into blogging about travel. Yeah, probably. Um, okay. We'll see. We'll see. But probably. Yeah, she's like, eh. <laughs> So thanks so much for hanging yeah, out with us, for thank you. Uh, going through your journey, because it's it's so wild, and I'm so glad and, and appreciative you were able to talk to us, because it's one thing to read it, but it's it was just so much more fun to be able to talk to you about it. So thank you. Yeah, yeah no, thanks yeah. for having me. It was fun to, to relive that. I hadn't thought about it for a long time, so <laughs> it's fun to chat about it. Cool. Yeah. And we'll put your information in the episode description so people can easily access your uh, Instagram and blog. So that if they want to go check out the article, they can do that. Perfect. All right, back to our regularly scheduled programming here. We have our quote to end our episode coming up. Again, if you want to follow us on Instagram, we are at That Park Life Podcast. And our website is also thatparklifepodcast.com. Head out there if you want to submit a magigram. If you want to send someone some pixie dust for free, it's free for you, free for them. You know, not everyone can make it to the park these days with everyone that's going on. Not drugs, by the way. We're talking about magic pixie dust. Nothing that can be snorted. That can be taken the wrong way. So... Yeah. Um, you can submit your uh, Magic Gram request on our website 
And also that's a great spot for you to keep your eyes peeled for our contests and things, including our trivia nights and anything else coming up in the future. Um, if you want to follow my personal account on Instagram, I am at the Disney Greg. And I am at the Healthy Hot Mess. And as always, if you liked what you heard today, feel free to like, subscribe, head over to iTunes, leave us a review over there. If you want to have some access to some behind the scenes stuff, our weekly bonus episodes, which we put on both in audio and video format, you can support us on our Patreon account. A link is always in the description of the episodes. You can find out more information there as mm -hmm. well. As always, if you want to increase the Disney-themed swag in your life, you can head mm -hmm. over to World Traveler Trading, link in the episode description as well, for some Disney-themed key fobs and all kinds of other fun things to give you a little Disney flair throughout the day. Yes. Guess what? You can use our coupon code, THATPARKLIFE, and save you some monies. Save yourself some money. All right. Let's end with a quote. Wait, it's like a twofer this episode. You got a little Disney, a Walt Disney quote earlier. I know. And now you're going to get a quote so from, nice. I'm guessing, one of your favorite movies based okay. on your love of the overall Rapunzel vibe. Oh, yeah. This is from Tangled, and it goes as follows. I've got a dream. I've got a dream. <laughs> is that what it? Sorry, did I just ruin it, it for is everyone? Not it. <laughs> I just want to see the floating lanterns gleam. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't really sing on this episode and I felt guilty. But anyways, take it away, Greg. You're, you're catching up at the end here. Okay. <laughs> the quote is, venture outside your comfort zone. The rewards are worth it. And with that, we leave you. We will see you all next week with a resort rundown where Beth and I will talk about Caribbean Beach or Caribbean Beach, I guess, depending on how you say it. See you next Pirates week, Pirates of the everybody. Caribbean. Caribbean. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>